Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we will unlock the book 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. According to statistics from the Internet Data Center, the amount of data generated globally in the year 2008 was 0.49 zettabytes. If we assume that a book has 200,000 words, that amounts to an equivalent of 1400 trillion books, which can fill 280,000 libraries. By 2011, the amount of data had increased by 2.7 times, which equals to an average increase of 250,000 libraries per year. Fortunately, artificial intelligence can process a great amount of data, and allows us to enjoy the technological advancement it brings to our lives. However, when we benefit from technology, have we ever thought about the possibility of AI taking our jobs, accessing our data, and even making decisions for us? When it comes to this point, how will we survive? The book 21 Lessons for the 21st Century by Harari discusses this exact question. Not only does it take a historical perspective, but it also covers a wide range of knowledge areas, biology, sociology, psychology, philosophy, and religion. The author believes that individuals can have a direct influence on the world. Known as the young geek, Yuval Noah Harari is a historian who obtained his doctoral degree from the University of Oxford. Besides this book, he has published another two global bestsellers, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, and Homo Deus, a brief history of tomorrow, completing his trilogy. Unlike the other two books, the one we are going to discuss today is more instructive. It focuses more on the challenges people are facing at the present moment. It gained enormous popularity and wide attention around the world since it was published, and has so far been authorized for publication in over 20 countries. This book has selected 21 significant topics on the solutions relevant to the future of humans. This bookie will divide them into three main parts. Part 1 talks about the challenges the information explosion era poses to human beings. Part 2 is about how individuals can find the truth. Part 3 looks at how individuals can prepare for the future. We are now in the information explosion era which poses several challenges to human beings. The first challenge is employment we are very likely to lose our jobs as well as value as individuals in the future. Having a job is the basis for survival. At present, many people believe that artificial intelligence can replace people in doing simple and repetitive work, making available a wider labor force to do higher value tasks. Work that is creative or prone to change, such as the work of painters, musicians, doctors, and lawyers, cannot be replaced by robots. Although that's the case for now, AI possesses two abilities that human beings lack, connectivity and renewability. In other words, connecting through the internet to share data and updating iteration. Hence, in the future, all AI doctors will be able to share data about new diseases or new medication. If we bring the characteristic of connectivity into full play, Patients in remote jungles and mountains would be able to find hundreds of AI doctors on their cell phones and compare their performance. If you don't like the diagnosis of an IBM doctor, you could ask another doctor for a second opinion. 
In the future, AI doctors will be expected to provide better and cheaper medical services to billions of people. With regards to work, Harari argues that all work will eventually become automated, even artistic work. For example, a music robot can detect that our heart beats faster, when Beethoven's Symphony No. 5 is on. It can also notice the decline in our rate of blinking when listening to a lullaby. According to the test results, algorithms can remove discordant note combinations, and add its own rules of composition. In this way, music robots can also compose songs. Given the statement that art is for the masses, songs composed by AI may resemble popular songs nowadays. Even if AI is expected to replace most of the existing jobs, will it also create plenty of new jobs related to AI technology? Harari suggests that we should not be too optimistic. In the industrial era, it was easy for people to change from one low-skilled job to another low-skilled job. For instance in the past, a farmer who lost his land could turn to a factory job to produce tractors. In contrast, work that combines human intelligence and AI will require higher skills, that low-skilled unemployed people are less likely to have. For example, even if there were vacancies available to become a U.S. Army drone pilot or a data analyst, a jobless cashier would never be able to fill those positions. Therefore, the prospect of future jobs will look like this. On one hand, many people will not be able to find a job, but on the other hand, many employers will not be able to find suitable employees. Moreover, AI will not only replace the role of humans as producers. We may even fail to find our place in the future consumer market. In advertising, since the Google search algorithm is the most important client, web designers often need to cater to the algorithm's preference, rather than personal taste in designing websites. Harari shared his own experience as an example. When he was writing the introduction for his book, the editor also asked him to modify his manuscript to cater to the Google search algorithm, don't use this word, use that word instead. Then we will get more attention. Hence, the existence of AI will not only make it difficult for us to find jobs, but also decrease the worth of individuals in society, and we will have a lot of useless time for ourselves. Since people are so particular about seeking worth, when such a world actually comes, it'll indeed be crucial to have meaningful personal goals. Next, let's shift our focus from jobs to the surrounding environment as the second challenge, collective short-sightedness makes people unable to tackle existential threats. At present, nuclear warfare, ecological collapse, and technological disruption are threatening our existence. Aiming to end the Second World War as soon as possible, the US dropped the first atomic bomb on Hiroshima leading to the death of 200,000 Japanese people. This made people realize that the price of nuclear warfare was too heavy to bear, as it could destroy human civilization and even the entire world at any time. The global greenhouse effect doesn't leave us much time to break away from fossil fuels, but important oil exporting countries, such as Russia and Iran, are still unwilling to cooperate. Some people even deny the existence of this problem, pretending as if nothing is happening, because their countries are likely to collapse economically, if oil and natural gas were to be suddenly replaced by renewable energy sources. Although biotechnology and AI may be used to upgrade humans in the future, 
Without globally recognized ethical standards to regulate their implementation, the result may be more horrible than nuclear warfare or the collapse of the ecosystem. These three major threats are not only global issues, but also promote and enhance each other. It is impossible for a single country to eliminate these threats on its own, countries all over the world must cooperate in finding solutions. Nonetheless, when it comes to national interest, most of us will inevitably become nationalists, sticking to the principle of our country first. In the book, the author writes that nationalists should ask themselves, whether their country by itself without a robust system of international cooperation, can protect the world or even itself from nuclear destruction. Harari argues that if in facing these mutual threats, people still choose to prioritize national interest, the outcome may be way more disastrous than the world wars in 1914 and 1939. In the olden days, people gathered together and formed tribes to deal with problems that could not be solved by individuals. In the present day, each of us likewise need to play an active part in establishing a global community. We should get rid of collective short-sightedness through actual individual actions, and look at things from a long-term perspective. The founder of Facebook Mark Zuckerberg, once advocated for the establishment of a global online community. In spite of the leaks and misappropriation of user information, the idea of building a global online community through a worldwide social media platform allows us to see some hope for a solution. Finally, let's take a look at the third challenge, excessive fear of terrorism and warfare. We still remember the September 11 attacks. That day, when people turned on their TVs, they saw the scenes of the Twin Towers wrapped in heavy, dark smoke, together with people's horrified expressions and screams on every channel. The news spread through the media, and became a haunting shadow in people's minds. Terrorists are experts in manipulating the mind, and their foremost weapon is fear. They are fully aware that their armed forces are nothing compared to those of powerful nations. However, they are like a fly in a bullpen, they keep annoying the bull by flying around until the bull is irritated and rushes out of the fence. In this way, terrorists manage to manipulate our emotions. To allay this fear and fulfill their commitment to national security, governments have no choice but to respond with grand showcases of national strength. As a result, more national resources are pushed into anti-terrorism initiatives. However, this is in fact the exaggerated reaction that terrorists desire the most, as this allows them to cause a reshuffle and change in the political landscape. In this way, these gamblers with lousy cards get the chance of a big win. Statistics show that, since September the 11th, 2001, on average, about 25,000 people died globally from terrorist attacks every year, including about 50 people in the European Union, about 10 in the US, and about 7 in China. In comparison, traffic accidents kill about 80,000 Europeans each year, 40,000 Americans, 270,000 Chinese, and about 1,250,000 people globally. Diabetes and high sugar levels kill 3.5 million people annually, and air pollution kills 7 million. So, are there fewer terrorist attacks than we think? From the above statistics, we can see that it is our fear that gives terrorists a chance. Even if we may not have the opportunity to appeal for peace and love at the UN General Assembly, we can still be rational about various conflicts, 
and not allow fear to manipulate our judgment. On the other hand, since the end of the Second World War, nations are more cautious about warfare. Even the Cold War between the US and the Soviet Union didn't end up in a new world war. This is because in contrast to the Cold Weapon era when people fought over the land as an asset, the nature of the economy today has undergone tremendous changes, in a way where warfare cannot bring about huge returns. Even if you could seize the commercial buildings in Silicon Valley, you could never obtain the fortune they generate. Quite the opposite, the prosperity of all big nations nowadays, such as the rise of China, has proven that the more we keep the peace, the more significant the economic advances will be. All the nations that have waged wars or even won wars in the past 50 years, such as the US and Russia, have either lost trillions of dollars, or suffered from economic stagnation. It seems that warfare has long been something of high cost and low return, so much so that nations try to avoid it. Hence, excessive fear of warfare is unnecessary. However, once nations regard a third world war as inevitable, they will increase national defense forces and start the arms race. They will not compromise in conflicts, and the confrontation will intensify until a war breaks out. Therefore, we should not be too assured but remain properly vigilant about warfare. That's all for part 1, the challenges the information explosion era poses to human beings. Let's sum up. The first challenge is that we are likely to lose both jobs and worth as individuals in the future. Hence, it is crucial to have explicit, meaningful personal goals. The second challenge is that collective short-sightedness makes human beings unable to tackle existential threats. Facing the three major threats of nuclear warfare, ecological collapse, and technological disruption, the author suggests that all nations should be far-sighted and stick together. Moreover, individuals should promote the development of a global community and shoulder the responsibilities for the human destiny. The third challenge is the excessive fear of terrorism and warfare. The author suggests that we deal with terrorism and warfare in a calm and rational manner, and prevent fear from manipulating our actions. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.